I think everybody had like just an incredible race. The energy was, you know, first rate spectacular. And um, yeah, I just had a great day. Like I was, you know, pumped because of the, the crowd and, and the atmosphere. And then I had good fitness. And so, yeah, it was probably my favorite Boston that, that I've been a part of. I mean, that being said, I did, uh, pace a guy named Chad Davis a couple times and um, one of those was the year that there's like the really cold weather and um, you know we we really suffered during that race I think it was 2000 maybe 18 or um, but but it was really cool to get him to the finish line um, so that was that was really impressive and cool that's awesome yeah so talking about you ran the fastest time for seven marathons on seven continents in seven days uh yes i've run the fastest time for running seven marathons on seven continents in seven days and i did that twice once in 2017 and again in 2019 um the first time i set the fastest average time of two hours 45 minutes and the second time i was a little bit slower i think around 254 um but i also ran three additional marathons and set the world record for uh 10 marathons in 10 days wow so one of the so you ran on the antarctica right as one of them uh yeah i ran on antarctica twice and uh, i still believe i have the fastest time ever run on antarctica i ran i think it was actually around two hours and 53 or 54 minutes wow and that was in on the snow <laughs> yeah that snow hurts. and ice and um we had good weather for part of it and then towards the end it was like negative 30 uh celsius so it got it got really cold at the end wow so which uh was your favorite um marathon on which continent um my favorite marathon was antarctica uh both times um the first time it was uh the last continent that i um was trying to get to and and to see and it was just uh, incredibly beautiful uh the scenery was spectacular and and i just love that sense of uh wonder that you had um so yeah that i would say antarctica for sure like it's not the fastest one and it was definitely you know a struggle but it was it was one of the ones that'll be you know burned into my mind for the rest of my life wow that's amazing because i saw someone else do the uh seven marathons on seven continents in seven days i was like holy cow how does someone do that it's yeah yeah no it's actually really cool there's um the the guy that puts it together is a guy named richard donovan and he and his team they do a really incredible job and uh the time i did it the first time in 2017 i think there were 33 people and in 2019 there were i think over 50 people so you know it, it is something that you know, a lot of people can do and it's achievable, but, um, yeah, just to have the opportunity to be a part of it was spectacular both times. So when you ran the marathon on, in the Antarctic, did you wear um, boots or, or like what kind no, of, no, I just, did you wear? I, I, I just wore a regular, um, Hoka trail shoes. So, um, the Stinson, it's a, one of the, um, one of the first, um, trail shoes that Hoka One One um, made and and they're one of my favorites and, and they work really well for the, for those kind of conditions. It was kind of packed 
uh, snow. Um, so it worked spectacularly well, actually. And then I just kind of wore like a windsuit and singlet and shorts under it. Wow. Because I can relate too. I like Hoka's a lot. I'm a big Asics person. I like Nike too. But I like to switch my shoes up a lot. Do you um do you stick to one brand or do you switch around a lot depending on the races you do? Uh, I definitely stick to one brand because Hoka One One are my sponsor and they have been uh, for over eight years. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely am feel fortunate that um, you know within the the toolkit of of Hoka that um, you know there's there's quite a bit of choice and. Um, you know, it's basically has everything I need to be able to do from road to track to, you know, running across the deserts to Antarctica. Wow. That's amazing. So you've also done bad water, right? Am I correct? Yeah. Uh, wow. I did bad water once in 2011. Um, it was, uh, actually a pretty, pretty great race for me. I was coming off my marathon PR of 217.49 and, uh, it was about three weeks after that. And I did, um, uh, I think around 26 hours or so, I think I ended up third place overall. Um, but yeah, it it was, it was a pretty spectacular, um, pretty spectacular event. I can see why people get super into it. It's, um, you know, it's one of the most unique events. A lot of people think it's one of the hardest events and, um, it, it definitely challenges you in, in a multitude of ways. I'm really excited hearing about this because I've never done an ultra before. I've ran New York City Marathon and a couple marathons, but when I see someone run a distance over 100 miles, I'm like, wow, this is like, it's a whole different animal in ballgame, just in mentality, mindset, training, equipment, just all different aspects. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's all running, but, you know, a lot more, um, a lot more comes into it as the distances kind of increase, you know, it becomes uh, exponentially harder to, to, you know, be mindful of the things you need to do. That's why I think a lot of times, like, it's really important to have a good support staff and, and crew. And, um, so I've been lucky to, you know, have a lot of people that help me along the way, but, uh, also you just kind of have to have some, you know, uh, experience and, um, the ability to, to deal with problems because that's, I think one of the biggest things is like, you know, a lot of, uh, things are, maybe not going to go the way that you expect, but if you're willing to, um, you know, be malleable and, and kind of adapt on the fly and kind of go with what comes and take advantage of things, then, you know, you can get where you want to go. Right. So I know bad water, it's so hot when you're running that race. So what time do you usually start? Uh, when I was doing it, it still was like the old schedule, which was, um, in waves and it would be a group starting i think at seven maybe five seven and ten or something like that and i started uh, depended how fast they thought you were going to go so i started in the the later group the 10 o'clock group but i think now it starts at night so it's you know it's been almost 10 years since i did it um so they've had to do some little bit of changing around on how they how they started but yeah, when I started, it was kind of like the hottest part of the day, um, which, you know, isn't isn't awesome. But, you know, it is, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to get it sometime and, you know, might as well be early so that you're 
you know, prepared. So even though it's nighttime, it's still got to be over like 100 degrees, right, when you're running? Uh, yeah, at night, it, it actually depended. It actually is um, one of the things I didn't realize about Death Valley and, and Badwater in general is like there is a bit of climbing. And so you're, I think you're climbing, you know, five or 6,000 feet over the course of the race. And, um, and you're climbing quite a bit, you know, at the end. Uh, the last like 13 miles is basically straight up to the the Mount Whitney portal from a town called Lone Pine and so it, it got it got chilly actually at night compared because like during the day it was like 115 120 and then it went down to like maybe eight o'clock or I'm sorry like 80 degrees um, you know in the in the night and it actually was it felt cold when you've been, you know, that's kind of a big temperature swing, even if you're, it is, you know, relatively hot, it, it felt cold. So I actually put on like a little uh, beanie at one point, um, just to kind of stay warm. Wow. So when you initially started the race, how did you break it up in your mind? Did you do like five mile segments, 10 mile segments? Or how did you, you didn't think about like the whole thing at once, like you had to break it up? Yeah, I mean, I kind of was uh, thinking it, it was actually, um, it was the idea of my crew chief, a guy named James um, Batchin. So it's actually Jay Batchin. And he um, had crewed for his wife, Lisa Smith Batchin, um, there quite a bit. And so it became more like uh, we would go from car to car. So it became really, really granular um and so it was actually almost like a mile segment so just like run to the next car run to the next car uh and then kind of the big milestones were like every marathon or so i would change my shoes and socks and so that was kind of a big checkpoint for me um and that's kind of how we did it you know just um and then it would just we'd keep rotating in people um so you could have people uh, pacers, but they had to run behind you. So, uh, I would just, you know, run four or five miles with somebody and then they would burn out and then the next person would come in and, uh, we just did that the whole way. Right. Because it must be hard on your crew too, because they're out there all day too. Even though uh, it's super, I think it's actually harder on the crew. Like, I mean, it is hard to run it, but like the crew is like dealing with running back and forth, getting water, uh, you know, kind of keeping you cool, finding ice, um, you know, trying to get you food, all the, all the things crews do is, is just unbelievably amazing. And my crew was top notch. So yeah, I was, I was really lucky to have a, a great team of people behind me. That's awesome. Because when I, like I said, when I go back to marathon training, it's totally different because I use goo, goo packs and goo gels to get me to the distance. But when you're doing bad water, you must be eating, right? Like full meals, right? Or pretty significant uh, portions. Yeah, actually, at that point in my career, I was doing mostly goos. Um, and yeah, so goos and like sodas and, um, you know, some soup and stuff. But I feel like now I have a much better handle on how to go like the really long distances. Uh, at that point, I was still mostly just doing... Um, you know, kind of quicker fuels. Um, and sometimes that would, you know, work for, you know, 10, 12, 15 hours. But 
you know, that last like 10, 11 hours got a little rough. And so I feel like if I did it now, I'd have a much better uh, fueling strategy. But but when I was doing doing it then in 2011, it was mostly just a crap ton of gels and, and some soda. And, and that was about it. Right. Because that's a lot of calories and you probably need the straight up calories to maintain a sufficient level when you're running. Yeah. And well, it's also, it's just hot. It's just hard to keep down stuff when it's that hot. So, you know, they were forcing food on me like, um, like they're supposed to. And, and, you know, for the most part it worked, but you know, there were times where I was, I was definitely struggling. Wow. So I wanted to get into another thing that you ran the one of the like fastest 50 Ks on the treadmill. Uh, yeah, at one point I had the world record on the treadmill. It's since been broken, especially during quarantine, it got broken a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, for a while I had the fastest 50 K on the treadmill. I ran the first time I ran it on a cruise ship and ran a little bit over three hours. And then, um, I set the world record at a Hoka Oneone sales meeting. I ran 259 um, on the treadmill for 50 kilometers, so like 31 miles. And that's a pace of what pace is that like? Uh, it's a little bit under a six minute pace, I think. Wow. So, yeah. What was your um, mindset going into that? Was it? Um, I mean, I was, I wasn't sure how I would do because I just a couple days before that I had won a, um, a race for Red Bull in uh, Australia called the um, Wings for Life World Run. And so uh, I was flying back from Australia with two young kids and my wife. And so we landed in um, Berkeley, California, uh, after, you know, I don't know, 10 or 12 hour flight and uh, and then I had to run kind of the next day. And so, you know, I wasn't kind of, I wasn't sure how, how it was going to go, but, um, I, you know, they, they did a, an amazing job. They had like amazing treadmills and music and people. And so it, it, it just kind of, you know, was able to booster, uh, what, you know, my fitness was and, and I was able to get it done. So I was, I was nervous, but, you know, kind of excited for the opportunity. Wow. I think I actually saw an Instagram post of you running the, um, your fastest 50K in the treadmill. You were like, you were putting Instagram stories up pretty consistently with it. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and definitely uh, my wife, Jennifer, and, and the boys were there. So they were probably, um, you know, updating people as much as we could. Wow. So for one of the other races that I think is amazing is you did an ultra trail run in Dumont Blanc. Uh, yeah. The ultra trail to Mont Blanc. Yeah. Uh, it's called like a lot of people say, uh, UTMB. Uh, I've done that race a couple times. Um, so yeah, it's, it, for me, it's, it's one of those kind of epic races that, you know, if, if people are into trail running and mountain running, it's kind of like a, it's it's one of the pinnacle races that you want to you know at some point experience for yourself just because it's goes got so much history and culture and you run through three countries and you circumnavigate you know the biggest mountain in Europe and um, you face all kinds of like tough conditions you can get bad weather you can get 
um, you know, hot weather, you got a ton of climbing. It's like over 33,000 feet of elevation gain and loss uh, over the course of a little bit over 100 miles. So, um, yeah, it, it's one of those events that um, challenges you in so many different ways. And, and I've always enjoyed it every time I've done it. So did you have to wear a lot of weather um, clothes when you were getting to the higher portions or did you camp doing that or? Uh, no, you just try to go uh, straight through. So most people do it uh, in a little, like you have, I think, 60 hours or so um, to, to get it done. And so, um, yeah, I, I didn't stop or sleep or anything like that. I just, uh, I just kept going. Um, so, but some people do, you know, take breaks along the way, but, but I, I was, you know, with a good crew and, and was able to, to make it through that would be beautiful was it france italy and switzerland uh that's exactly right yeah so the way that it normally goes and um they they typically go the same route as you start in a place called chamonix in in france and then you run over to uh colmayer which is in italy and then you go over to switzerland for a bit and then you kind of come back to to uh chamonix Wow. And what kind of, um, did you have to do like a lot of, um, strength training for that? I'm assuming. Um, yeah, actually I, I was doing some strength training. I'd say I do, uh, quite a bit more strength training now than, than I, you know, ever have in the past. And, um, you know, I think that's been good and it's really helped me in the longer event. So it'd be fun to go back. I, I actually got into the hard rock hundred miler this year in Colorado and, uh, that'll, that'll be a good test of, you know, the strength training and, and just my current fitness. Wow. So do you do like a lot of cross training in general when you're on your off season or during your season? I, I do a lot of, uh, cross training in general. Yeah. Every day for the most part. Um, so I'm in the gym and then doing stuff with weights. Like today was like kettlebell swings, wall balls, um, push-ups. I actually just set my five-minute push-up record today, which was awesome. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 always doing that kind of stuff um, to uh, to build strength and uh, resilience, and then you know augmenting my my running training. Wow. Yeah, push-ups are great. They're just so good to do. They're just <laughs> yeah, the, a lot of parts yeah. of the body. Yeah, I mean, if your audience uh, wants a really good test, it's pretty fun. It's uh, you got you just put the clock on for five minutes, and you have try to do max push-ups in three sets maximum. So, you know, I think this morning I did twenty-five, twenty-three, twenty, um, and ended up with like sixty-eight or something. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, for me, it was good. It was my biggest one before that was 48. So it was a, it was a good improvement. I like the strength training a lot too. I like to do a lot of weights like dumbbells, bench press and squats too. Specifically, if I want to get into speed and endurance, a lot of jump squats, weighted squats and that stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, so. Thank you for coming on to the Passion and Motion Fitness Podcast. Oh man, no worries. I'm I'm glad to do it. I'm glad we were able to to eventually make it work. And thanks for having me. And 
Um, if you know people are interested in following along on my journey, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, all those places. So um, hope to see some of your audience uh, in the future. And thanks again for having me. Take care. Have a great day.